There's a spare bed if you want to stay here, Peter. Oh, you're inviting me to stay the night, John? <laughs> I can't guarantee the sheets. The sheets have been washed within the last six days of use. Sweet. I'll go home smelling like curry. We have an extra spare set of sheets if you need it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm good. My car will drive me home. Was I'll that racist? Fine. We better cut that. Cut that, guys. Cut that. <laughs> no smelling like curry. Argus, is that racist? What's racist? No, it's not racist. I don't know. I just get so nervous in 2023. Oh, that I say that like I'll go curry. home smelling like curry. Your house smells like curry. Does it smell like curry? Right yes. Now? Okay. It's not racist. It's just what it is. Okay. Like your house smells like curry. Then it's not can, a bad thing. Then we can leave this in. Well, like uh, after um, so Gunjan's in India. That's my wife, and her parents were here, and um, and they eat a lot of curry, and it doesn't smell like curry to me anymore. Yeah, because you're used to it. I mean, when I come home, it doesn't smell like curry. It used to be, I'd be like, oh, they're cooking. Smells amazing. Now I'm just like, oh, it just smells like it always does. But you're saying there's a strong curry smell. Yes. I've been to India like 27 times. I go about every other month. I'm a big, I spend a lot of time in India. Look, my house probably just smells bad. Yours at least just smells like curry and you're used to it. I Mine house probably just smells bad and I'm used to it. Okay. All right, let's begin. So let's talk about, Peter wanted to talk about the downsides of safe. So him and I have a WhatsApp chat that we go around and then between every recording sessions, every two to six weeks, we just say, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. And one of the ones he wants to talk about are what are the downsides of a safe? A safe is basically the acronym. It stands for simple agreement for future equity. It became really popular with Y Combinator. I think if you look at the last 10 years, the trend was investors did a price round, which means, hey, we're going to give you two million. We're going to value the company at um, 10 million. And so we're going to then take two divided by 12 and whatever that calculation is, that's the percentage that we're going to own is what BECs did. And then, the, but the, the challenge that we faced is that the amount of legal and accounting costs to close that deal was high. It was um, like 10, 20 grand. 10, 20 grand, which I don't know. I don't know that may, I've always thought that was high. Maybe it wasn't high to you as a BC. No, I think it's high. Depending on the size. Then came the concept of convertible notes. So convertible note was basically, it's just a debt. It's a note. It's like a loan. It's a loan. And the investor can say, I want, I can either have this paid back or convert to equity at a future date. And it's either the company's choice or the investor's choice. And that typically has an, an interest rate on attached, usually seven to 10%. Yeah. And it would have a discount of say 20%. So let, and maybe a cap. So like, let's say you raised at a 10 million uh, valuation your cap might've been 8 million, which means then you would have come in at that lower valuation compared to new investors. And so it also allows you to kind of kick the ball down the road of, Hey, if Peter wants to invest in my company, I don't have to argue what I think it's worth. We're just going to put some general metrics. So that way he gets a discount to the next round. He gets an interest rate. And that was the very popular thing for a while. And then along came safes and a safe basically gets rid of the discount, right? And it gets rid of the interest rate as a general rule. But outside that, it's fairly no, similar. No, it still keeps the discount. So the idea... But there's no interest so rate. So there were a couple of attorneys that joined Y Combinator. And they were tasked with like, hey, we need, a, we need an easier, faster, cheaper way to help companies raise money. And so they created the safe. And the idea was they wanted to create an equity... Um, security. And and they're very clear about this. I mean, you read about it in the history of safes and so forth, and they're like, 
Safes are equity, right? They they are not they are not debt, and because they are not debt, they don't have an interest rate. I mean, if you think about like debt in its purest form, debt is simply like renting money from somebody else, right? I've got I've got this money. I'm going to let you borrow it, right? And you're going to pay me some rental income on that money you're borrowing, and it is paid in the form of in the form of interest, and and the safe. Because it's not debt, it's equity, it doesn't make sense for it to have an interest rate. Like you're not paying for that money, right? Like you don't owe the money back at the end of the day. Now, if the company goes bankrupt or sells for uh, a certain number, the safes are written so that they kind of sort of pay back first before equity does. Um, But even that's a little bit nebulous. Um, So yeah, I mean, what's interesting though is that like, some, one, some, there are some problems with safes. So uh, on the plus side with a safe. Problems is, for who? Are we talking about the founder or the, who are we talking about right now? Both. Okay. Both. So this is for both. This is like for both. So like, look, on the plus side of a safe, you don't need an attorney to raise a safe. I mean, the docs, the docs are on Y Combinator's website. Just download them. You just download them. Right. And it even says in the docs, it's like every like you can refer back to the Y Combinator term sheet that's on our website. Everything should be the same except for, and then you can add in any changes you want to make, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's very clean, very easy. It's very well understood. You basically like just fill in a few boxes and you're done, right? Like what's your discount rate? What's your cap? Uh, what's the amount? Who's who's investing and you're done, right? Like it's very simple, costs nothing effectively, right, uh, to do. And so like, and and because of that, it's also super fast. And the other thing that's nice is you can have multiple safes sitting out there at multiple valuations and so on and so forth. The problem with that though, is that they can be like, people will think, oh, I've raised all this money in safes when I did it at different valuations and have no clue what their ending ownership is going to be. Mm -hmm. Both the investors and the founders of the company. And there have been many instances where like these founders, they raise all a bunch of these safes and they're all floating out there. And if they're not like keeping track of them really closely, like, you know, they might, you know, miss out on some or miss, you know, misremember where certain ones sit or what have you. And even if they do track all of them, it becomes really complicated because if, if they come in at different caps and different discounts, when you raise that round, they're going to impact your, they're going to impact you from a dilution perspective and, you know, in varying ways that kind of, you know, impact each other. And it gets, the math gets kind of complicated and convoluted until you actually raise the priced round. And so as a founder, you don't really know how much of the company you own. Mm-hmm. And for an investor, like one of my biggest concerns with safes and why I don't particularly love them is because I feel like you're taking all of this risk and you're not really getting compensated for it because there are there are other instances that I've heard of where the company and and you still have the same problem with convertible notes and you know unless you you adjust the terms accordingly and, and same with safes but where like the company raised a bunch of money in the safes and because they never converted it into actual equity they didn't raise any more money and they went back and they basically paid back all of the investors the money in their safe. And they didn't even get the interest because there's no interest on these safes. Okay. And so the VCs, the investors, the angels, you know, whomever, they basically got their money back. 
uh, out of the deal and didn't participate in any of the upside. And so as an investor, like, I don't know. I think that's a real risk that you have to be aware of is like, Hey, you were all excited. You finally got, you know, you made 50 investments, 49 of them went to zero. You finally had that one that was successful and then they never convert and they come back and they pay you off and you get nothing. Wait, so the, the example that the most well-known one that I know, and there might yeah. be another one is TopTal. Yeah. And they had convertible notes, not safes. Yeah. They created a company. I don't know what it was worth. Yeah. Multiple billions. Andreessen Horowitz, you know, one of the top yep. 10 VC firms is in it. Yep. And all they walked away with was basically giving them their money back. Uh, a Plus sl- interest. A high, like a, a medium interest rate loan. Yeah. That's it. That is it. And then they just said, look at the fine print. We're following the contract. See you later. Yep. Yep. And, and look like that happened. That's what I said. It happens in convertible notes, but it happens even more in safes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at least in convertible notes, it's a little more common to put in like a pseudo liquidation preference, you know, where you're like, well, if the company gets acquired before this converts, then like we get a two X on our investment right off the bat. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes you can put that into safes, but it doesn't happen very often again, because you want to keep these things relatively streamlined and simple and so forth. So I don't know. I think, I think that's an issue. So safes aren't safe is what you're saying for investors. They're not. They're not as safe. Sounds like an interest-free loan. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Sounds like an interest-free loan. Sorry, money wire transfer. Checks aren't (laughs) aren't things in in 2023. Um, So I don't know. Like I used to kind of think, oh, safes are interesting. They're helpful. They're cheap. They're whatever. I'll tell you the other problem I have with safes. And this is something I've been thinking a lot about from the investor perspective is that it's easier to not have a lead investor if you have a safe. Okay. And I think what's happening right now is that there were a lot of companies over the last few years that raised these like party rounds with a bunch of safes, no lead investor, nobody's on the board, for example. So like, this is, this is a big issue, right? It's like, no board seats. It's like, Hey, you're saying that a safe is equity, right? I mean, that's, that's what they say. It's like, it's, it's, it's equity. It's not dead. It's equity. Right. But it's like this like pseudo equity that hasn't really become equity yet. And because it's not equity yet, you don't have a vote on the board mm-hmm. and you don't have a vote on how the company is directed. And founders may look at that and be like, oh, that's fantastic. Right. Like I've been able to like take a bunch of money and and basically diffuse any sort of voting rights. Right. Associated with that money that I've raised. Um, but here's the problem. A bunch of these companies that did these party rounds are now in a tough spot because they need more money mm-hmm. and they don't have an investor. That's like, that's the lead that set the terms that wrote the biggest check that took the board seat. That's like guiding them like, and ensuring like, and provi- like pushing confidence in, into the company by putting up more money and, and all of those things. Right. Like, and because they don't have that, they're in a tough spot because they need to raise more money and they don't have a lead to like corral the, the troops and, and get a deal done. Uh, and certainly that still happens even when you do have a lead, but like, man, these party rounds, they're tough, right? Because mm-hmm. nobody's like standing up to take responsibility. And when you've diffused all of the responsibility so much, ultimately, I think a lot of investors look at it and they're like, you know what? This was a relatively small investment for me. I'm out. I'm done. Right. Like I'm not going to protect my prior investment. Um, and then when that happens, you're toast as a company, because if your insiders aren't participating, especially like your institutional investors, 
like good night, like good luck trying to raise, you know, from new investors. Cause they're like, if there's not those a- investors who know way more about the company than I do that have been it for a long time, they're not doing it. Well, there's no way I'm, I'm touching it. Cause I don't know what I don't know here. What percentage of investors are actually doubling down or using the pro rata rights today? Just in general, in general, not in general, like just like a, a 10 year average. Like, I think it's been increasing. So what you had in the early days when I started in venture, people would start, they'd get their pro rata rights. They'd follow on for a round or two until like the rounds got so big that they couldn't participate anymore. So, and then they'd also get pushback because they, you know, this other firm was coming in, they wanted a certain amount of ownership in the company. And so they would ask for prior investors to waive their pro rata rights. Um, but then what happened is funds like Foundry Group and others were like, well, this is silly. We own these pro rata rights. It doesn't make sense for us to keep re-upping in our core fund because like the return profile is not good enough uh, to invest at the growth stage if if your fund is really a series A fund. So we'll set up these like um, expansion or growth funds or pro rata funds or hits funds, you know, like whatever they call them, right? Um, and we'll raise that as a secondary vehicle to continue to participate in our pro rata, um, because those pro rata rights ended up being like super valuable. Um, probably the most valuable thing as an early stage investor is the pro rata rights. I mean, yeah, but I don't think it was always seen that way. That's what the current, the current thought is. Yes. Yes. Right. Because the game of venture is there's only going to be a handful of companies that matter. You want to be in at least one of those companies mm-hmm. and then you want to put as much money into that company over time as you can. And pro rata rights give you that right and ability to keep putting money in. So yeah, no, they, they become like investors more and more and more are taking advantage of their pro rata rights. That said in this current environment, um, they're not, or they're doing well, they, they, they are, but for different reasons. It's, it's more like if you don't participate at your pro rata, we're going to like wipe you off the board you know, with pay to play provisions and other mm-hmm. things. Um, or what you'll have is VCs will be like, okay, I will participate at my pro rata, uh, level, but that's it. I'm not, you know, I want to be supportive, but I'm not really doubling down here. Okay. Just, you know, it's an interesting dynamic. So what's the current trend? Still continue with safes. I mean, that's what YC does. Are they going? Are people going to price rounds? Look, I'll tell you. Like going through the current environment. What does YC currently do? I'm I'm less excited about safes than I used to be. Okay, YC put it that way. Currently, as of the last, the prior last class, they give you 150 thousand valued at seven percent. So that would technically be a price round. But they do it through a safe or through a price draft? The the second round would be 350K and then that would be on a safe. Yeah. So they do a priced round mm-hmm. to lock in valuation and all these things that I just talked about, right? That are mm-hmm. negatives. Mm-hmm. And then like, okay, and then we'll give you more money in the safe because we're less concerned about that than we are like making sure that this thing has yep. a set price that we are owners, we have rights, mm-hmm. right? All those things. So look, I think if you're an angel investor, you're a seed fund, I would be thinking real hard about whether or not um, I do safes because, I mean, look, even Y Combinator, the creator of the safe and biggest proponent of the safe, they don't even like mm-hmm. use the safe for first rounds. Are you doing safes right now? Uh, I mean, we're looking at companies that are raising safes, but typically we do price rounds. 
It's probably less common for a VC. It's more common for angels, right? More Do common. Well, I mean, it depends on how you define VCs, right? Pre, pre-seed, seed. A lot of them are still doing safes. There are a lot of companies that are doing um, bridge rounds that are safes, right? Where they're like, I don't want to do a price round right now uh, because my valuation would be really low, but I need a little bit more money to get to the next milestone. So we'll do a safe. Okay. Um, so you are seeing some of those. Um, and in those cases, like I've seen safes with like pretty high discount rates. I've seen safes with very high warrant coverage included that kind of gets you there. Right. So you're like, okay, well, uh, we're going to do the safe. It's going to be like 20% discount with whatever cap, but then we're also going to kick in hundred percent warrant coverage. And when you do that, you're effectively lowering the valuation, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I invest in a company at a hundred million dollar valuation and I have a hundred percent warrant coverage, um, I'm, I'm effectively getting in at like $50 million valuation. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and so that's how penny warrants could, could play a role. Right. Okay. Good to know. So if I, let's break it up from two perspectives. Let's say yeah. as an investor, you don't like them, but if like your stepbrother was raising, would you tell him and he had a choice? Mm-hmm. We are sorry. Let me see. Stepbrother, stepsister, whatever. Yep. yep. Which way would you push them to safe or price round? If it's their very first round, I don't know. It, like, here's the thing. It always depends because fundraising is really hard, right? Even yeah. the best of times, it's hard. Let's say they get the choice. And so if it's if it's their choice, like I would say, like all things being equal, you should bring in a good, reputable venture fund that's going to lead your round and ideally price it. And but that'd be for a series A. No, it could be could be pre-seed. Okay. Why not? Got it. Do a price round as your general rule. I think so, yeah. Because for me, it's always looked at safes. The biggest risk is outside of like not knowing how much of the company's owned by who. Yeah. That's always, fig- you know, you can always figure that out with some, you know, some elbow grease. Kind of, sort of. No. I mean, not really. Because you don't know until the valuation's set. Oh, until the valuation's set. Right. But still. Right. It could be that you set the valuation and then you realize like, holy crap, I just got wiped out of the company. But then don't race. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Don't raise and then you go out of business and you get wiped out anyways. Yeah. So there we go. All right, guys. Well, thanks for watching the Venture Capital Podcast. Go to venturecapital.fm. We were like, go to YouTube, leave comments. We want to hear what you guys think. So we'll see you guys on the next episode.